Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Exurga deus disipentur inimici eius, et fugianci oderunteum afacia eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. Normies don't get into heaven. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Archangela defendinos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diabolias opraesidium. Imperet il idea supplicas de precamur, tuque princeps militae calestis, satram aliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum peregantur in mundo, divina virtute, in infernum netrude. Amen. Cor Jesus sacratissimum, miserere nobis. Mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Beatus Carolus et Domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine, ostende facem tuum et salvi erimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. <clears throat> Pretty shocking title, I would suppose, for most people. Normies don't get into heaven. We have the testimony of many saints that few will be saved. Why is that? Because few people are willing to make the sacrifices first. Second, because few people are willing to learn the truth. And third, because when confronted with the truth, few people are willing to conform themselves to the truth. The first part is because is, a, is an interior deficiency of the individual. They're not willing to make the sacrifices. They have a fear of suffering. All of us know that getting into heaven is not easy. We know that love, in the Catholic sense, that is to say charity, requires very much of us. But it's not just charity. It's charity, diligence, brotherly love, All of those things, everything that is actually correlated to love in the Catholic sense requires very, very much of us. And 
To be point blank, most people aren't interested in making those sacrifices. Or if they are willing to make those sacrifices, they have the nigh-indomitable character flaw of making those sacrifices because of the way it makes them feel. They make those sacrifices because it makes them feel good, because they get something out of it. Rather than doing it because it's the will of God. Because it's actually good for someone else. We hear the lie that God's love is unconditional. And it is a lie, to be sure. <clears throat> Our Lord tells us in the Gospels, God tells us through the prophets. God tells us through the prophets, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. That's God's word. It's not mine. God's telling us that if we love him, we will obey him. Catholic teaching says that the love of God is the highest love that a person can have. St. Paul tells us that charity is the highest of the three supernatural virtues, faith, hope, and charity. Charity is the highest. Now, <clears throat> on this earth, faith and hope are absolutely necessary. But in heaven, everything that we believed is confirmed. So faith, eh, not so important. Everybody, like... After our death, everybody believes. Everybody has faith. After death, when you go to heaven, hope is fulfilled. There's no need for it anymore because everything that we ever hoped for is now is now fulfilled. And the core of everything in heaven is charity. And charity is doing the good of another, what is good for another, for their sake, but also, and mostly, for God's sake. If we love Him, we'll keep His commandments. Our Lord tells us that those of us who don't love Him he will say, depart from me. Those of us who called his name, but did not call his name for love of him, he will say, depart from me. Now, I don't... <clears throat> I'm not particularly comfortable in this territory when it comes to trying to expound, you know, theological concepts. I'm a mechanic and a grunt. I'm a warfighter. I am probably the least qualified 
to talk to talk in particular about the concept of charity. The fact is we want to do good. In America that was always kind of our thing. You know, you never had um you may not remember, but in I think it was 2005 when the tsunami hit Sri Lanka, the US government gave something to the tune of I mean it was an astronomical number. It was almost 30 times the amount given by other countries. But the American people gave 10 times what the government gave in financial aid. The American people gave $350 billion to Sri Lanka to help, to help them rebuild after the tsunami. I think the government gave the U.S. government gave something to the tune of like thirty-four or thirty-five billion. The next, the next highest nation to give was the United Kingdom at nineteen billion. Our charitable drive is actually there. You don't give that that kind of money and not have a, and not have a desire to do something good. The problem is, is that our charitable giving has this nasty tendency to keep people enslaved to handouts. Case in point, there are African nations that would like to actually start developing their own clothing manufacturing, uh, uh, clothing manufacturing, in particular shoes. But they can't because every single year the United States donates enough to give every single person a free pair of shoes. And if the shoes are going to come in for free, then there's no then why bother starting a shoe company? And because we give so much, it subtracts the drive. <clears throat> That's not helpful for a nation. The only thing that does is create an entire nation of people who are dependent on other people's giving. It deprives men of that country the capacity to work, to provide for their families, and in so doing, deprives them of the very essence of what it means to be a man. And we should understand this, particularly Catholics should understand this. Many people have as their patron, particularly men, have as their patron Saint Saint Joseph, the worker. As a mechanic, I, I include myself in that. He is one of my patrons. When I ask him to intercede, it's find me the next job. Help guide me through this job. But the key thing is, is I've got a job. I do this, not as work. This wouldn't be nearly as fulfilling if it were. 
we have that essence of charity. We just don't have any kind of clue what it means to be genuinely charitable. I'm sure you've heard that old adage, give a man a fish, he eats for a day, but teach him how to fish and he'll eat forever. Would it not be better, rather than going to some third world country and giving them hundreds of thousands of pairs of shoes, would it not be better instead to give them the capacity to build a shoe factory? Instead of donating acres and acres of clothing, would it not be better to help them build a textile plant? Would it not be better to help them build to build the capacity to make their own clothing, to provide their own shoes, to make their own food? You know, there's a lot of joking about how, um, in fact, I think, I believe it was Sam Kinison actually used to joke about how, you know, we give all, we give all of this charity to, to places that are deserts, as if there was no food in the desert, as if God couldn't provide food in the desert. It's not the sand that keeps, that keeps plants from growing. It's a lack of water. So what if we provided them the means to build their own irrigation? What if we provided them the means first to farm their own land and then second provide them the means to build their own tools to farm their own land? Would that not actually be better? Would it not be better for them? So that this way kidnapping and murder and robbery doesn't become a form of business in those places? Because to be sure, that's the principal business in those locations. How much better would a community be served with an aqueduct over just food, clothing, and actually, you know, just openly taking care of their basic needs. Wouldn't it be better to provide them first with some tools? And then maybe with some engineering drawings. Would that not be better? And give them an opportunity to build their own families, their own communities. To give their society agency in its own self-determination. Surely that's better. Surely that's more of what charity is. And yet, that's not what we do. We spend billions of dollars. We spend billions of dollars. We spend so much money in our own cities for the cause of homelessness that they literally now call it the homelessness, the homeless industrial complex. A group of organizations whose sole focus is to make money, supposedly to provide for the poor, for the homeless, and yet in those cities where so much money is spent, homelessness only grows.
Is that actually charity? Is not knowing that that's what hap what happens when you give so much money adherence to the truth? Is that even learning the truth? Hey, we want to do this for these people. We're gathering money. Okay, cool. Here's some money. We actually have a charity. We have a charity industrial complex. An industrial complex where people give loads of money. And to be sure, I'm not talking about like, oh, hey, I'm going to go ahead and give, send, go. Or go fund me or whatever. Somebody, somebody's project. I'm going to help a family get over a loss of a loved one. And cover the expense. It's completely different. Or help somebody raise money to defend themselves in court. They didn't have the money in the first place. They weren't anticipating getting hauled into court. They weren't expecting suddenly that, uh, that they were going to be accused of a crime. Or they were going to be sued. That's a completely different thing. Helping a, fa helping a family f <clears throat> deal financially with the death... And, with the death it's completely different. I mean, yes, we anticipate all men die, but sometimes, you know, they die at the most inconvenient times. Sometimes a person dies while you're still building a family. Sometimes a person dies while you're, you know, you're relocating to a new home. You know, you're finally getting out of that rental property and finally buying a house where you can raise your where you can raise your children. It is something to ask why death costs so much money. Maybe something worth investigating. Why is it that when somebody passes away, all of their troubles are finally over, at least on this earth? But there's a financial impact that's absolutely bewildering. I don't know for certain, but I'm reason. But I, I, it's it's not unreasonable to assume that in the United States, this is quite possibly the single most expensive place to die, and that makes no sense. Makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Why would it cost me more to die? Why would it cost me so much that it breaks everything that I had built up for my family and for my posterity? Why would it cost that much? I mean, seriously, look at it. Look at, fundamentally, look at it. <clears throat> You're Catholic. What is death from a physical sense? The body dies. So what do you do? You put it in a box and you put the box in the ground. Why does six feet under cost almost five digits. Why are we talking about fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars? Just to get just just to get somebody in the ground. Oh, but we want it to be this, that, and the other. Well that's fine. But you're really not going to tell me 
But putting somebody six feet underground costs forty, fifty thousand dollars. You're going to have to explain to me why the box, as nice as it is, to be sure, costs ten thousand dollars. Because I'm certain I can fashion my own containers for less. I could bury a family member in a pelican case for less. And I know that burying a family member in a pelican case sounds somewhat flippant. But only to the people who've never actually owned a pelican case and understand exactly how awesome and durable one of those containers is. It does not make any comprehensible sense. But nobody asks. They go through it. They find out how much it costs. They struggle to pay for it. They take out loans. They want to do right by their family members, especially if you're Catholic. And it is ridiculously expensive to do so. And nobody wants to confront the truth. Maybe. Maybe it shouldn't be quite so ridiculous. There was a picture posted, a couple of picture post pictures posted on uh, X the other day that I saw as a family had actually dug out the uh, family member's grave by hand. And then somebody came in and carved what appeared to be an icon of St. Joseph. Into the dirt at the head of where where the uh, casket was going in. It was beautiful. The whole thing, actually, the whole thing brought a tear to my eye because it was magnificent. It was magnificent first in the fact that it was, I have not seen something that was so very Catholic like that in a very long time. I mean, such a Catholic way to approach death. But that Catholic way to approach death also included not paying anybody to dig the hole, but instead for the family to get together and dig the hole by hand. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And to be sure, I'm certain they saved some money. They save some money by expressing their love in that manner. I mean, that's just crazy beautiful. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. 
You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. That's not a normie action. <clears throat> normies go to the funeral, they go to the wake, they cry about how they'll miss the person, they maybe tell some stories, get a little drunk or whatever. The preacher will canonize them at the altar by saying how wonderful their life was, etc. They'll talk about how they're in a better place or whatever, having absolutely no assurances to that whatsoever. That is a tendency that has happened even in Catholic churches for the last 60, 70 years. That was never a thing in a Catholic church. A Catholic church was, okay, we need to pray for this soul. We need to get the whole family in here on a day where, on a day where they can collect, collect up a plenary indulgence and get this family member into heaven. We need to make sure they get the sacraments. Before they die. And then we need to pray for their souls after and get them into heaven. Fulfill the obligation of a plenary indulgence so that they can get into heaven. That's charity. Instead, we talk about them like they're in heaven already. We comfort the families who, who really should know better. The truth is, is that you should know better. Few people will be saved. The church has always held that to be, to be true. There won't be many people. There's not going to be trillions of people. I mean, there probably will be trillions of people in heaven if you count all the saints throughout history. 
if you add in all of history. <clears throat> but the 8 billion people on this earth, of the 8 billion people on this earth, maybe 100,000 will be saved. Think about that. I'm going to really noodle that one out. There are 8 billion people on the planet, and if God were to roll back the curtain today, maybe 144,000 would be saved. He may actually be specifically waiting to make those numbers specifically. Okay, this many people, if I draw the curtain back at this point, then it's going to be this number of people who are going to be saved. And we need to remember that that number would be out of whatever the population is on the earth at that time. 144,000 is a reasonable number according to the saints. We're not talking throughout history. A Catholic should be saying, so you're saying there's a chance. If I do right, if I, if I live a sacramental life of faith in charity with the hope of salvation, there's a chance. Yes. Absolutely, there's a chance. Is it guaranteed? No. A normie thinks it's guaranteed, but then again, a normie thinks that the last election in the United... Actually, that the last several elections around the world were kosher. You know, like the election in Brazil probably thinks, you know, Jair Bolsonaro actually lost that. Probably thinks it's a good thing that Matteo Salvini did not win. probably believes that Joe Biden actually was the most popularly elected president in the history of America. 81 million people, right? 15 million, 15 some odd million people more than Barack Obama? Joe Biden? And nobody doubts that Donald Trump actually got the 74, 75 million votes that he got. But the normies are like, yeah, there's nothing to see here. The runner-up actually got more votes than any president in history. Than any presidential candidate in history. Except for the guy he lost to. Weird. A little. Never mind the fact that had the other guy not gotten the 81 million votes, then the guy who lost still would have actually had a greater voter participation rate than any president in history. Had the guy who lost won, he still would have had the most votes. Pretty, pretty impressive. A normie thinks that's okay. A normie probably, you know, was perfectly okay with wearing a mask and getting the jab. Or if the jab was too much, it still probably wore the mask. <clears throat> still surrendered his own understanding to the understanding of so-called experts. A normie actually believes that when the Federal Bureau of Investigation comes knocking at your door, then you probably did something wrong. Disregarding the fact that the United States, where you have to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt, 
and we somehow have a higher conviction rate than a nation where you have to prove your innocence beyond a reasonable doubt like Japan and it's not even close well actually I mean it's kind of close when you get to the 90 percentile it's a 95 percent conviction rate in the United States it's a 91 percent conviction rate in Japan in Japan if you are con if you are arrested you must prove your innocence in America supposedly you're supposed to prove guilt the government has to prove your guilt and yet rather than having a 70 60 50 40 percent actually in all honesty if in in a nation where you have to prove your guilt where the government has to prove guilt your conviction rate should be not any higher than the accuracy level of your greatest forensic tools and in the United States of America, our greatest forensic tools are polygraphs and fingerprints. You say, well, what about DNA? DNA actually, for most cases, does not actually get included. For most cases, we're not talking about DNA. And then we probably need to actually question our technology when it comes to DNA anyway, <clears throat> because my mother and her brother, they share the same mother and father like, they, like most boomers did. Their DNA profile is dynamically different. In a few areas, it's not even close. Now, I would expect that my DNA profile would vary where my mother and my father, or at least my DNA profile from my mother would vary um, because, of course, my DNA is a mix between my mother and father. And perhaps that's the case. Maybe that is the reason. Who knows? I'm beginning to question DNA technologies, just uh, ultimately that's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> but in most cases, you're talking about fingerprints. In most cases, you're talking about polygraphs. The capacity for a person to be able to tell whether or not somebody's telling the truth. Polygraph is right around the 50 percentile. It's a 54 percentile in accuracy. It's, a, it's almost a, literally a coin toss. And fingerprints, believe it or not, are significantly less accurate than, mo than, you know, television shows like CSI would have you believe. They cap out at 56% 56, 56 accurate. Like, but my fingerprints are unique. Eh, not really. You get a set of fingerprints from a crime scene in New York and you send them to be analyzed in Los Angeles and you will get a match that is not the same is not the person from New York. It will happen. If more criminal attorneys knew this, they would actually simply take the fingerprints and send them to other jurisdictions to have them analyzed. You're accused of murder in Boston? Send those fingerprints to Jacksonville. 
Hey, could you analyze these for me and get me a DNA get me a fingerprint match? And then send them to Denver. And then send them to Seattle. And then send them to Los Angeles. And then send them to Dallas. And see how many different people show up as a fingerprint match. The first time the first time somebody actually decides to take that leap, oh they'll walk. Garana, those weren't my fingerprints at the scene. They say they were my fingerprints, but those same fingerprints they say are belong to that guy and belong to this guy and belong to that lady down there. Oh, but it's always worked. No, it's always been a scam. And that's actually the truth about our society that most normies will not comprehend. Doesn't matter what it is, it's always been a scam. May not have necessarily been a scam to the same ends. You know, the JFK assassination was a scam. Why? Who benefited? Well, there were lots of people that benefited. The Russia investigation was a scam. Who benefited? Well, a lot of people benefited. Jeffrey Epstein, the continuing ongoing scam. Who's benefiting? Well, lots of people are benefiting and for different reasons. The idea that Jeffrey Epstein was the only one is a scam. Who's benefiting? Lots of people. A lot of the same people that are benefiting across the board on these. Everything I've mentioned so far, all the high-level high mucky mucks, <clears throat> a lot of those people are the same people. They've been the same people for a long time. People seem to forget that before The Sound of Freedom came out, and drew a whole lot of public attention to child sex trafficking and child trafficking in general. People forget that about a year ago, two years ago, the CIA was outed as a child sex traffic, specifically a child sex trafficking organization. You don't have to take my word for it. You can actually just Google CIA sex trafficking, CIA child porn, CIA kitty diddling. You will find it. You can Google it. You can Bing it. You can ask Jeeves. All of them will tell you. Duck, duck, go. They'll tell you. All of the search engines will tell you. All you got to do is just type it in. They'll let you know the truth. There was just a news story came out that the Taliban has done a better job of eradicating opiates by annihilating the poppy fields than the U.S. military did over the course of 20 years. Begs the question, if one of our, if one of our things was drug interdiction, why did the Taliban do a better job than us? 
I mean, to be sure, we could have actually just, like, we could have literally just dropped napalm on all the poppy fields. But it would suggest, but things would suggest that we did not do that. Big pharma's opioid, big pharma's caused opioid epidemic, seems to indicate that we did not do that. The fentanyl crisis that we're having across our country today seems to indicate that we're not doing that. And most normies aren't even asking the question. You drive through a big city and you and it looks like cities today have been taken over by zombies. People high and half naked. The big cities, Philadelphia, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco. In all of these areas that used to be magnificent places to live, and they did all used to be magnificent places to live, in all of these areas, now you have tent cities. The underground in New York City, the physical underground in New York City, I guarantee right now is more populated today than it has probably been since Ed Koch was mayor. And normies won't even ask the question. Normies don't ask the question, don't tend to ask too much beyond what the heck did the state governments do during COVID-19? What the hell happened to our country during COVID-19. Nobody's asking those questions. Normie Catholics aren't asking the question, why did the churches close down? They're offended, but they're not asking the question. Cardinal Dolan came out and asked the question this last week. What were we thinking? Did we go too far? Were we complete? Were we really doing the right thing or did we reject our calling as bishops and bishops for the most part even the better ones are not terribly beyond the normy condition Most of the better bishops still believed that the Second Vatican Council was all in all a good thing. It unleashed an amount of corruption in the world that has not been seen since before Christ, and yet, it's generally a good thing. It's the new springtime. Despite the fact that the fruits make it evident, it is not the new springtime. The fruits make it evident that the church is getting ready and trucking very, very quickly toward her passion. <clears throat> the truth is, I mean, it's painful. The truth is, our Lord died for even the most venial of sins. 
that even venial sins are of such an extravagant nature that they needed atonement. The venial sins, the little stuff. Extravagant. Extravagantly infinite. The sins we don't even necessarily think of as sins. You know, oh, the, the things that we probably mostly rightly say is, isn't that terribly big a deal. And most of us have lists of mortal sins. Most of us probably have lists of repetitive mortal sins, of habits of habitual mortal sin that run for miles in very, very tiny print on very, very tiny paper and still manages to be miles long. The truth is every man and woman, save one, that was ever born deserves hell. The truth is, is God cannot forget the reasons why we all deserve hell. It's not possible. He's infinite, immovable, unforgetting, and unforgettable. Ever-changing, or never-changing, always present, always new. But God is incapable of forgetting. <clears throat> of the three associations, God the Father is memory. God the Son is intellect. God the Holy Spirit is will. God the Father cannot forget. All-seeing, all-knowing, all-present cannot forget. Hence why God the Son. With the exception of the Blessed Mother, every man and woman ever born deserves hell. We were all born with original sin, and we have all sinned. Most of us are absolutely incapable of taking responsibility or being accountable for our own actions. It's the vast majority of people. You see it when you go to work. Normies believe all that's no big deal. Normies believe that they can hope that all men will be saved. And dare we hope, one of the things that a very normie bishop has actually come out and said time and again has helped to, 
you know, assuage not just the consciences, but the <clears throat> but the righteous fear that many people have. Oh, but all men will be saved. The gospel's saved. Not everyone who says "Lord, Lord" will be saved. But I'll, but everybody will be. Hell, hell is empty. And it is painful to live your life as though otherwise. It is difficult to live your life in a manner that recognizes that you do deserve hell. That you've already been forgiven so much. And that you're probably going to mess it up again and again and again. It is difficult to live your life in such a manner. Most people don't want to. I've, I've got family members who have told me, well, I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to wrestle with it anymore. It's not, I don't want to struggle anymore. And one family member in particular who said that to me, I've watched as they have become worse as they've become over time more and more narcissistic, as they've become over time more and more belligerent, as they've descended down to the chaos, where they fail to understand that everybody around them, they literally have a problem with everybody around them. Everybody around them, everybody they know, does something that they absolutely hate, and they're failing to comprehend that the truth is they're the problem. That family member is the problem. It's not everybody else. When everybody else is a problem, you're actually the problem. It's pretty obvious. It's one of those obvious things most people can see. But this person cannot. This person is incapable at this point of, of seeing that they're the ones who are actually the problem. That it's not their spouse. That it's not their siblings. That it's not their children. That it's not the world. I don't want to go out because I don't like people. I don't like dealing with people anymore. Really? I hear one of two statements out of that. I don't want to get, go out because I'm afraid I'm not likable anymore. I don't want to go out because I'm afraid I'm not lovable anymore. I don't want to go out because I hate everyone. Those are the two statements. Either I, either I feel like I'm not lovable or I hate everyone. And both of those actually are typically true. They're both usually true at the same time. And I'm praying every day for that family member's salvation. But I'm seeing absolutely no evidence. In fact, I'm seeing evidence of the opposite. I'm seeing evidence that the longer they continue in this state, and I mean, truth be told, they've been in this state for 70 years now. We're getting to the point now where my every, where I, my every sentence is an insult. Which I don't even understand how that... Well, I understand totally how that works, but... 
I figured with this person it'd be impossible. You know, they're the ones always talking about unconditional love and have no idea what it They're actually the proof that love is not unconditional. They are actually the proof. <sighs> 20 years ago, they were normies. It's funny because this person can't fathom the craziness that's going on with the transgender agenda. Has absolutely no idea. Whatsoever. Looks at the transgender agenda and goes, where did this come from? Really? You gotta ask that question? You don't know where this came from? Believe it or not, this came from contraception and abortion. This came from no-fault divorce. This came from the Stonewall City riots. And the pride movement. Like, you could track this from its beginnings. This came, actually, from Martin Luther. I mean, if you really want to go back. But in particular, this particular current state of affairs began with the Declaration of Independence. Then was fostered in the aftermath of Reconstruction, which was completely hobbled. And then was pushed on a little bit further by Woodrow Wilson. And fomented further by FDR. And the Roaring Twenties. The Roaring Twenties first, of course. But Planned Parenthood? Well, contraception, abortion, that's where this came from. Because the next follow-on after that, of course, was no-fault divorce. The further attack on the family. Attacks on the family. This is where this came from. Everything that degrades the quality of a family, that's where this came from. Once you had no-fault divorce, abortion, and contraception, gay marriage was going to be the next thing. Well, I mean, in that sequence. Because of the Stonewall City riots, and then gay pride, and then born this way, that ever-loving nonsense. Gracious. Oh, but wait, there's more, because it does, in fact, get worse than this. And that's the thing that a lot of normies really need to comprehend. Is all of that crap, yeah, but I was fine with this, and I was fine with that, yes. And this is where all of that leads, and oh, hey, by the way, you don't think it can get worse than castrating and mutilating children. Just wait, because it does. It actually does get worse than this. It does get worse than proud little TikTok predators talking about how they corrupt the little minds of children. It does actually get worse. And you saw a glimpse of it when most of the culture rejected. And by culture, I'm going to go ahead and put that in parentheses because most the, the average person got shook awake a little bit by the sound of freedom. The average person woke up a little bit from that. But what did the body politic do? 
What did Hollywood do? What did the government do? Well, the government took child sex trafficking off of its major list of things. The FBI now no longer considers child sex trafficking to be as big a deal. It's no longer the imminent thing. And that should be the clue. The media came out and they were like, we don't understand how the sound of freedom came out of nowhere. It was just, we don't, we don't get it. This is a right-wing QAnon movie. That should tell you that it does get worse. That it can get worse from here. And it's going to get worse from here. To be sure. We're not in hell yet. And every reading of the book of Revelation as Protestants like to call it, every prophecy in Scripture, every prophecy that was in private revelation regarding the world, says, oh yes, dear family, it still gets worse than this. Because we haven't started killing the people who resist. We've, we've only just begun the persecution and the imprisonment of people who are resisting this status quo. We have not gotten to the full on to the full end point. I mean, you may think so. There was that one crazy dude in Portland who executed some some patriot prayer guy. It's like, oh, that guy thinks it's MAGA country. Let me shoot him in the chest. Well, that was a benchmark. That was supposed to be a wake-up call. That was a, hey, guys, this is actually happening. Ashley Babbitt getting shot and murdered in the Capitol. That is an indicator. But what have we done since then? Not a whole lot of anything yet. The really old man who got killed this week... Supposedly he had a bunch of guns, but supposedly he couldn't walk either. He couldn't hardly walk either. He walked around with a cane. I don't know how you're going to use an AR-15 if you got one hand on a cane and the other hand on the rifle. Maybe an AR-15 is not as powerful as they think it is. Supposedly he was a big dude and kind of kind of overweight. Supposedly, I don't know. I don't actually know a lot of the details. I know that there are a lot of people who are like, hey, the FBI went too far. But the FBI went too far months ago. Maybe you remember the name Mark Houck? The guy who was arrested for praying? Had a 26-man FBI SWAT team show up at his house at 6 o'clock in the morning when he's getting ready to send his kids to school, put their rifles in the mom's face and the kid's face, held them up, held the whole family up at gunpoint, took a long time. Weird how the FBI still seems to be going after traditional Catholics. I don't understand how we missed that. It's kind of an important deal. Normies aren't even paying attention to that. Normie Catholics are concerned. The rest of us have known this is coming. We have known this is coming because it must come. Because all of the warnings of Our Lady have been ignored. 
if men continue to sin and and do so more greatly eventually there will be no more mercy she warned time and again she started in 1917 she started actually before that you've been i mean you can make the case she started in the 1530s with saint juan diego and La Salette and her apparition under the title of Our Lady of Buen Suceso de la Purificación. Our Lady of Nock, Our Lady of Heed, Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Akita, Our Lady of Revelation, Our Lady of Quebejo. Time and again, Time and again, she's come, she's warned. And we've ignored. We've not significantly increased the number of people who go to confession. We've not significantly increased the number of people who pray the rosary. We've not significantly increased the number of people who go to Holy Mass. We've not significantly increased the number of people who call upon the Lord's name for help. We've not significantly increased our influence in the culture. We've not stood our ground as Catholics. The church has not stood her ground as the ultimate moral authority on this earth. As the deposit of the faith that Christ gave us, we have not done our job. Our Lady told us, and we've ignored. And that's the truth. The truth is we're called to not to no longer ignore that. We're called to do something. It's not a whole lot. Well, I mean, it's about to be a whole lot. We are entering the time of martyrdom. We've surrendered so much ground that we've gotten there. Even in the West. Churches burned. Tabernacles sacked. Our Lord's body, blood, soul, and divinity defiled by uncircumcised Philistines. That's where we're at. They want to fight with fire, we can fight with fire too. They want to destroy our sacred things, we can make more. It's pretty simple. We can consecrate ourselves in the blood of martyrdom. We can consecrate ourselves in the suffering. We can hang ever closer, ever tighter to the cross. We can, by our very act of embracing our cross, squeeze the very splinters into our body and draw our own blood to unite our sacrifice with His. 
metaphorically speaking, until they do actually bring back crucifixion. And then at that point, we can actually be more literal. When they bring back crucifixion, then we'll be good to go. Then it'll actually be a literal statement to hold on tightly to our cross, to where we give our own blood. And that day is coming, dear family. It comes quickly. We're going to be fired. We're going to be locked out of our bank accounts. We're going to be starved. We're going to be coerced into complying with all of their systems. We're going to be forced. And if we resist, we will eventually be killed. Do I know exactly what that's all going to look like? Bro, I only know that it equals various shades of martyrdom. I know the end The end game looks, you know, very much like the Cristeros and the Vendée. I know the end game looks very much like the early church martyrs. I know the end game looks very much like that. But all the in-between, I don't know precisely. But it does appear that they've weaponized our banks. They've weaponized our legal system. They've weaponized every system that's available to us that we've sort of come to trust in. And so we can expect those weapons to be used against us. But if we hold on to the cross, if we preach the gospel, if we live our lives in a state of sanctifying grace, then no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Don't be a normie. Be Catholic. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.